And I had to come to a point where I had to understand that this temptation that's knocking on my door is not here with the purpose of trying to make Emmanuel feel good about himself, make Emmanuel feel pleasure. You know, sometimes for some of you it may not be when you're stressed out, but it's when you feel face rejection from from people in the world. So then you feel like, OK, well, I'm just going to have this soulless and I'm going to engage in these activities in order to make myself feel better about myself or at least get my mind off of it. Some people turn to drugs, some people turn to alcohol and some of you that turn to sexual sin. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much once again for tuning in to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Hecke. Welcome to episode 87. Hope you guys had an amazing week. I know I have had a busy week, but a blessed week. God has really been good in my life. I've been finding more balance. I've been much less anxious just because I've, I've really been in my word. I've really been trusting God as of late. doesn't mean everything's all great and dandy. My sister moved out and she's like back at work and stuff like that, which is good. But we miss her and everything. But I'm thankful to God, ladies and gentlemen. And I hope that uh, last week was great for you. If it's not. Thank God he's giving you an opportunity to have an amazing week this week. So let's get started. Um, What's the topic for today? I wanted to get to, um, I was actually scrolling down um, my episodes and stuff like that. And, you know, I looked at overcoming sexual sin and I think it's time for a part two. Um, Not to mention that, like, it's definitely, like I said, it's a constant battle. Um, As long as you were on this earth, you were going to have temptation. You're going to face temptation. Um, So this is a constant battle. And um, you can be delivered, but you still have to fight. And I, I've been fighting still. I've been still in there. I've still been in the trenches. I've still been doing my thing. And I hope that you guys have been doing the same thing, um, fighting off that temptation, fleeing from that temptation, really. Um, and I want to break something down um, today. So this is part two to that last episode. I would advise that if you are listening to this episode, Overcoming Sexual Sins Part 2, go to part one first. There's a lot of things that I covered in part one. Um, and I'm really just taking a couple points from there and expanding on it this episode. So definitely go listen to that episode. I would um, recommend you to do so. So part two, I want to talk about uncovering um, the deception of Satan. So basically, let me let me start off by, you know, talking more about some things that I talked about in part one um, when I was covering how, you know, there's a point in my life in the, when I was battling, when I was, you know, like I said, I explained before, um, I was addicted to pornography masturbation for a considerable amount of time in my life. Um, and off and on sometimes, but like there was some time where it was really bad and other times it came off and on, but now I've been delivered from it. And when I look back at those times, there was a point in, um, there was, there was a common time where, sorry, this is like really making a lot of noise. Uh, but there's a common time where, I would really feel the temptation to act out. And it would be the times where I was having a very terrible day. It would be the times where I was feeling very low. Um, and, and it was almost like the temptation presented itself to me as a soulless, kind of like my friend. Um, and I'd fall into it, right? And I'd have this brief satisfaction. I'd feel really good. And then at the end of the day, I'd feel so much guilt that I would even feel lower than I was before I even acted on it. So that was kind of a pattern that I had to endure. Um 
And one thing that has helped me to get to this point of deliverance um, was understanding that the temptation was not my friend. And that might sound really crazy at first, right? Like, why would temptation be your friend? It's telling you to do things that are going against God. But might I add that, you know, the Bible even sometimes compared, like talks about how the devil comes as an angel of light. And I think that is really interesting how the devil can use the temptation, but the temptation is not going to come packaged um, to you looking like, oh, it's going to it's going to cause you death. It's going to cause you harm. Right. It's not it's going to cause you separation from God. That's not what is going to come to you. It's not going to it's not going to present itself to you that way. When I felt the temptation to watch porn or I felt the temptation to masturbate and all that different stuff. It wasn't like, oh, like this is going to kill you. Hey, come do this. No, 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 no. Like Satan's going to tempt a rabbit with the carrot. Like you feel me? Um, and it was, it was a real, it was a real trap for me. Um, and I had to come to a point where I had to understand that this temptation that's knocking on my door is not here with the purpose of trying to make Emmanuel feel good about himself, make Emmanuel feel pleasure. You know, sometimes for some of you it may not be when you're stressed out, but it's when you feel face rejection from from people in the world. So then you feel like, OK, well, I'm just going to have this solace and I'm going to engage in these activities in order to make myself feel better about myself or at least get my mind off of it. Some people turn to drugs, some people turn to alcohol and some of you that turn to sexual sin. Um, so let's break that down. Let us understand that the temptation is not our solace. It's not our friend. It's not our provider of pleasure. Is there to kill you. And to make this point, I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 14. And I'm going to go all the way to 27, verse 5. I'm going to skip some. So just be mindful of that. Um, but I recommend you guys to read this yourselves. And at first you may think, like, what does this have to do with um, sexual sin? But I'm, I'm going to make it all make sense. So don't worry about that. Uh, Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 14. We're going to be reading about Judas Iscariot. Yes, the guy that um, betrayed Jesus. So in verse 14, then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot went onto the chief priest. The chief priest were the people that were trying to set up Jesus, trying to um, get him killed initially. Um, and verse 15, and said unto them, Judas said unto them, what will ye give me? And I will deliver him, talking about Jesus, I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. So they're going to pay Judas, 30 pieces of silver to um, basically give Jesus up to up to them. Verse 16. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Judas sought the opportunity to betray Jesus. So jumping to, ver to chapter 27, um, starting at verse three to five. This is after Judas has now betrayed Jesus. And now Judas goes back to the chief priest. And this is what happens. Then Judas, starting at verse three, then Judas which had betrayed him, betrayed Jesus, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, excuse me, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. Basically saying like, okay, like <laughs> what does that have to do with us? Um, verse five says, and he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Mm. All right. So let's get to it. So why did I read that? Why did Emmanuel, he opened up this entire podcast talking about sexual sin, but then he reads a passage that doesn't necessarily directly relate to sexual sin. Um, so, so how does this all relate? 
Um, well, let's talk about Judas and let's talk about the things that were probably going through his head. I think, I think it's very fair to say that Judas was um, persuaded or, or inspired to betray Jesus because of money. Because the first thing he asked when he, get, when he came to the chief priest, what are you going to give me in order to do this job? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. And I'm just thinking in my head, you know, he must have really loved money. There's a reason why the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is, is what motivated the man to be, um, that betrayed Jesus to betray him. There's a reason why God says that you can't, the word of God says that you cannot serve God and um, you can, you cannot have two masters you, and even went specifically to say that you cannot serve God and money. Right. Um, so there's a reason, there's a reason, um, why, why the Bible says that. Right. Um, but Judas, it's safe to say that his, his motive was to get more money. I'm just thinking to myself, like ultimately Judas was doing the work of Satan, right? Satan wanted Jesus to die. He wanted Jesus, like he wanted Jesus to die physically to die. So he's doing the work of Satan. Mind you, Satan didn't know the plan to hold like the whole thing about like, you know, making like God reconciling, you know, um, mankind to him. He didn't know. He just wanted Jesus to die. That was that was the point. Right. Um, and Judas did his work. And I, I, I'm thinking like, you know, Judas probably had the idea that, oh, man, I'm going to be 30 shekels better. My life is going to be 30 shekels better. My life is going to be 30 shekels. Um, I'm going to feel better. You know, like things are going to be better once I have these 30 shekels. And after doing the work of Satan, you would think that Judas, you know, maybe Satan would give him a pass. Maybe Satan wouldn't bother him no more. Maybe after doing the work of Satan, wouldn't it make sense that Satan would just be like, oh, that's my that's my child. Thank you so much for doing the, what I wanted you to do. Um, just come over here. You're on my side now and forget about God. I'll take care of you. Wouldn't you think that that would be Satan's reaction? Right. But it wasn't, as we can see in verse five, because the guilt settled in. Right. And I and I get made a, I forgot what episode it was when I talked about the difference between guilt and conviction, that conviction that you feel after you've done something wrong. That's the one that makes you know, oh, hey, I did something wrong. I need to go back to God. But that guilt, that guilt comes from somewhere else, you see, because that guilt tells you that you are too You're not good enough. It makes you forget about what Jesus Christ did for you. It just tells you that you're not good enough and you need to punish yourself. You need to stay away from God and it separates you from God. There's a difference between guilt and conviction. And that guilt from Satan set in on Judas to the point where he thought the best option for himself was to end his own life. So let me tell you something. Just because you do the work of Satan does not mean that he's going to be your friend. Does not mean that he will leave you alone. I want us to understand, and it sounds like something that's so elementary, but we need to understand this, that Satan is not there to just make you feel good about yourself, make you to feel good, even though he tempts you with all these pleasures. Satan is here to destroy you. Satan hates you. I don't think that there is another being on this physical realm, spiritual realm, realm that hates you more than Satan does. He comes like an angel of light, but he actually wants to destroy you. That is the reason what he has committed his existence to destroying you. Even after you do the things that he wants you to do, even after he gives you temptation and you fall into that temptation, you would think, hey, OK, well, at least I just did this thing for Satan. Why can't say Satan just made it seem like he was my friend? He came to me like an angel of light. He told me that these things are going to make me feel better. And you know what Satan does after you fall? He goes to God and he says, 
This is your guy. This is your girl. You love them. You you sent your only son to die for them. But look at what they're doing. And then he comes to your ear. He tells you, how could you do that? How could you be so dirty? How could you be? How could you betray God? This is a tactic of the enemy. It's not to just get you a moment of pleasure. It's to get you to die. That's what it is. That's the tactic of the enemy to get you to die. Because if he can get you to be so guilty about the things that you do to the point where you don't want to get up and go back to God, then he wins. That is death. Eternal separation from God. That is death. And that is the devil's end game. The temptation you feel is not your friend. Sometimes we think that it's all about feeling good. I drink because I feel good. I have sex because it feels good. I, I have sex because it feels good. I, I, I do drugs because it feels good, feels good, feels good. And the temptation comes knocking on our door and we think it's, 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 our, it's our proponent. You know, it's funny because when we start to get the temptation of sexual sin, um, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it, it kind of made it so the, my perception of the Holy Spirit and my perception of temptation switch places. Whereas normally I would see the Holy Spirit as my solace. I would see the Holy Spirit as my friend, right? When I'm tempted and my flesh wants to do so much what, what I'm being tempted to do, now I'm even resenting the Holy Spirit. I don't want to hear that. I'm going to pick up my Bible. I'm going to close my Bible. I'm going to move it somewhere else, right? I'm guilty. I don't, you don't got to say that you're guilty. I'm guilty. I mean, I'm guilty right here. I'm speaking to you right now. I'm guilty. Or, or, you know, maybe somebody's getting in the way and trying to tell you all this stuff you're not trying to hear right now. No, you want to go and follow this sin. You want to do that. And the Holy Spirit now becomes your enemy. And the temptation now is perceived as your friend. But I'm trying to let you know that the temptation is not your friend at all. It is there to kill you. It is there to destroy you. And it knows that the, that the way it's going to get close to you is not by coming and saying, hey, I'm here to destroy you. It's coming by saying like, hey, you like girls, right? You like guys, right? You like sex, right? Who doesn't like sex? Oh, come on. You've had a long day. Come on. Come on. I mean, God's the one that lets you go through that hard day. I mean, at least have take solace in this right here. At least you feel something, right? It feels something. Come on. Nobody's around. Nothing's going to happen and so on and so on and so on. And with its fair speech, it gets you to believe that this is something that's supposed to help you this is something that's supposed to just that's just here with the purpose of making your flesh feel good when in reality it's there to kill you i'm going to go back to proverbs chapter 7 i read that in part one to also um so proverbs chapter 7 i'm going to start at verse 14 and we're going to see how you know it's the same thing it's the same thing the same concept um, this 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 entire passage is about a man having seen a prostitute um, pretty much coerced and convinced um, a, a guy, that, a young man that was walking past to to lie with her. And um, it would end out, you know, that that man would you know die in a sense, in a spiritual sense, I believe. Um, so it says starting in verse um, 14, Proverbs 7, 7, verse 14, it says. I have peace offerings with me. This is the prostitute talking to the man. I have peace offerings with me. This day, excuse me, I have paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face. And I have found thee. 
I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, alloys, and cinnamon. Come, let us, look at this, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Look at this. Let us solace ourselves with loves, for the good man is not at home. He is gone a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. You ain't got to worry about that. You ain't got to worry about the good man. Ain't nobody going to catch us. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattery of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till a dart strike his liver as a bird hates to the snare. He knoweth not that it is for his life. Mm. I really want you to just take the time to look at this, to read this. You see, this woman, which I believe is, is um, it could have been like a, like a specific occurrence. Yeah, it probably was a specific occurrence. But this woman can symbolize all of the temptation in your life, all of the lust in your life. And she didn't come to him saying, hey, I want to send you to hell. I want to take your life. I am the trap. I'm the trap. And I'm trying to trap you. I'm trying to be the snare to you. No, she came and she said, hey. I've paid my vows. I've, I've made my peace offerings. I, I've come to diligently seek your face. I've decked out my bed. Everything is ready. Everything is set. Let us take our fill of love. Let us, let us solace ourselves. I'm here to make you feel good. I'm here to be with you. I'm right here with you. This, what we got together is love. Isn't it funny? Because lust doesn't come to you as, 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 as death. It comes to you as your friend. It comes to you as your lover. It comes to you as your provider of pleasure. But little did he know. Like it says in verse 23. That it is for his life. You know there's a place in the scripture that says that when an unbeliever comes to Christ. The angels are in heaven rejoicing. Right. Um, but I would even go as far as say, this is me. I, I don't, I don't believe this is in the Bible, but this is me talking. When we fall, the devil and his angels are probably in hell rejoicing, go having a blast. Yes. Yes. We got him. Yes. We played him. We played her. Yes. We did it. We did it. Mm. And then the devil says, all right, quiet down, quiet down. Now I got to go to God. Um, and, and I got to let him know what his kids out here doing. God, don't you see, like, imagine yourself. You just, you just fell into this. You realize that the devil's betrayed you and you know that now you feel terrible about yourself and now you're in a courtroom and then, and, and the devil is a prosecutor. Don't you see this God? God is a judge. Don't you see this God? Don't you see your so-called child doing this thing? How, how, how could you even, what, what's like, what's just such a terrible person, such a terrible person this is. Condemn them. Condemn them. But let me tell you something about uh, what it means to be a child of God. What it means to be a child of God is that when we fall short, we have an intercessor. And his name is Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 verse 33 um, verse 33 to 34 says, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? 
It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. There's a reason why we put on Christ, because when we put on Christ, we admit that we cannot do this by ourselves. And we admit that we need an intercessor. When you do not have Christ, you have no intercessor. And all the accusations that God, that the devil is placing on you is now placed on your head. And there's nobody that took it off of you. But because Jesus Christ died for our sins... We thank God for the grace that's bestowed upon us. He's transferred us out of the darkness of domain into the, um, God has transferred us out of the darkness of domain into the domain of his son. So now we are seen as holy and blameless in God's sight. Does that mean, let me be clear, does that mean that we just go out and we do whatever we want? No, that's not what it means. Because like I told you, there's two ways to death, either guilt to death or normalization to death. If you have an unrepenting heart, that can lead to death. If you, if you, if you do something and you feel so guilty to the point where you actively separate yourself from God, it can lead to death. But what it means is that when you fall, you can get back up and Jesus can even help you to become more righteous. To become more righteous. To repent to repent the devil is not your friend ladies and gentlemen temptation all of that stuff it comes like it's trying to make you feel good but it's not your friend devil doesn't want friends devil doesn't want uh no <laughs> the devil wants company but he doesn't want friends the devil has committed the rest of his existence to trying to make sure that he is not the only one that ends up in hell hellfire He's trying to make sure he's not the only one. He hates you. <sighs> this helped me a lot when I was, well, still to this day, it helps me a lot. Because now when I see, maybe I'm scrolling on Instagram, I see something that I shouldn't be seeing that's going to make me think a certain way, whatever it might be. Now it's not so normalized for me to, I'm not so desensitized to seeing it. When I see it, it's repulsive. It becomes repulsive to me. And I see it as my enemy. When you see things truly as your enemy, when you see your enemy for its true intentions, it, be, it even puts you more on guard. It makes you, it makes you understand this game more that it's like, I cannot slip up. I don't want to slip up. I'm not going to slip up. Because I see that you're not my friend. You're not here for pleasure. You are here to destroy me. I see you. I recognize you. And I'm going to God. I'm going this way. I'm going this way. <sighs> Overcoming sexual sin. There's going to be many more conversations, ladies and gentlemen. I'll just probably keep be adding parts after parts after parts. But that was put on my heart um, this week. Um, Judas hanged himself, y'all, after doing the work of Satan. And there's people out here today that are selling their souls, thinking that, you know, everything's just dandy. Nah, man, I tell you, Satan is a deceiver. Satan is a liar. He's a liar. And I just hope that, you know, I pray and we're going to pray right now that you are able to see and recognize these things now. Like, I, I hope that these things become more recognizable to you, that you can acknowledge these things. And when you acknowledge these things, you go the other way. You go the other way. Excuse me. Um, yeah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for this opportunity that you've given me to speak um, your word, for using me as a vessel, Father God. And I thank you for the person who tuned in today. 
I thank you. Maybe they don't even commonly tune in, but they chose to tune in today. Or maybe they commonly tune in. But this message, this particular message, ooh, it hit home. It hit, it hit a place that the other episodes haven't hit in a long time. It hit you. It got you. It got you. Father God, I pray over that human being right now, Lord Jesus. Father, come in their mind, their body, their soul, and evict out any trace of any mindset that became accepting to all of this lust and temptation, accepting to all of this sin in their life, Father God. Evict them right now in the mighty name of Jesus and take your throne in our lives. Take your throne in our mind, in our soul, in our hearts, in the mighty name of Jesus. Take your throne. Father, help us to see the tactics of the enemy. And when we see them and recognize them and familiarize familiarize ourselves with them, Father God, we see it and we run the other way. We flee in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us to understand the subjection of the flesh and the feeding of the spirit, oh God. Help us to start taking our Bible reading seriously. Understand that it is it is it is vital. Help us to understand prayer and fasting. It's vital. Help us to take these things seriously, oh God. It should be the number one thing that when we write down our week's goals, Father, it should be the number one thing. How can I get closer to you? How can I subject the flesh? How can I do your work? Father, let your name be glorified. Let us be your vessels, Father. Let your will be done in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And I ask, and I ask, Father God, that for all of us that have fallen short, Father God, because we all have, whether it's sexual sin or not, Father God, Right now, I come before you. We all come before you, Lord, and we ask that you forgive us. Forgive us of our sin and trespasses, Father. Forgive us of our sin and trespasses, Father. And we thank you for your son that you sent, Father God, to pay the debt for us, O God. And we welcome your son into our hearts, Father God. Help us to acknowledge your kindness, Father God, and help us to to live a life of repentance, O God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I love you guys. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Go out. Um, do not fear. Do not doubt. Go out and and walk with Jesus. Walk with Christ. And um, have an amazing week, guys. Peace. If you like what you heard in this podcast episode, make sure you share it with the friend that needs to hear it. And if you're a person that likes more of a visual experience, Church Boy Confessions podcast videos are available on Unassociated's YouTube channel. Subscribe to our channel today for unlimited access to our video content.